The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Showtime. The right way to start your day. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. So the restaurant arrogance part of it is, look, we're always packed. You can't get a reservation into this place. So we, we really don't, don't have to have We really service. don't care that your wine didn't come out for 50 minutes. I'm like, what a bunch of clowns. Well, just yelp them. Don't yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry. We have no midsize available at the moment. I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation? Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars. Wait, What? Yeah, that's a whole brand of person who just goes on there to air the grievances. Oftentimes, the grievances they air. Yeah, but that's warranted, though, right? Yes. That's why you have the reservations. I know why we have reservations. I don't think you do. If you did, I'd have a car. But if you're doing it occasionally when you experience bad service like they did, that's not a Karen. Nah. It is? Yeah. So you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at the Avenue with Gabe Neitzel and Mark Chamara. Here's Jen Latta. She wants to ride it. She's trying to hide it. I'm cool as ever. She's too excited. Her man looks like he wanna fight. He doing nothing but running his mouth. Talk about it. We all about it. They making plans. We sit and count. Our chairs stacked just like a mountain. You heard about it. She running her mouth. She wants to ride Woke up yesterday, guys. Still annoyed. Still annoyed. The line is still alive, and it's from the Croods, but still annoyed works here as well. Still annoyed that the Packers were not playing yesterday. Gabe, did the way the game shook out yesterday make you feel any better about the Packers not playing on Championship Sunday? No, I mean, they would have had a chance against either of those teams, certainly. But, I don't know, I guess I, for me, the fourth quarter and how bad they played in the fourth quarter just kind of cemented that they didn't deserve... Yes, they outplayed them for three quarters, but we all know that the the money quarter, and as the Lions found out, the money quarter is the fourth quarter, and you don't play well in the fourth quarter. You turn the ball over twice in the fourth quarter. You're not going to win a lot of football games, especially in the playoffs. Chu, did you enjoy the two games yesterday? Uh, not really. Really? I thought you might. Nah. Because there was... Baltimore looked terrible. Well, their offense um, looked terrible. Their defense was flying. I thought you would really so like Baltimore's good. defense. I the was way so they're impressed with their defense. Flying around, being physical, hitting people. I thought that would be a chewy brand of football thing that you'd kind of enjoy. Uh, they were just outcoached, flat out. That's one thing Andy Reid's never going to have is a bad staff. And I think he just outcoached them. Lamar looked lost. They flustered him. Um, yeah. They to be really- fair, Lamar doesn't have a ton of weapons. Uh, he could use one more. Um, Andrew's coming back off of a serious injury. Yeah, I wasn't factoring. I, I, I wasn't thinking what, he was going to have a big you, game. You what? Get, I didn't think he would have a big game just because, like, you're out for that long and now you're in the playoffs. Like, you're not going to have. And the other tight end was balling while Andrews was gone. Yeah, Isaiah Lightfoot. Yeah, like 10 mm-hmm. touchdowns. I don't know. I just thought their game plan stunk. It did. You know, it did. It was it was every football fan ever. I'm sure John Harbaugh, you know, at the end of the game now, he doesn't call the offensive plays. But 
I am. Well, yeah, we probably should have run the football more. And then the other game, I mean, I really didn't pay too much attention to the second half because I thought it'd be in hand. And I'm not blaming Dan Campbell. I am not blaming him. I'm blaming the players. What do you mean you thought it would be in hand? You thought that they were going to roll? 24 to 7? Wait. Oh, wait. You thought the Lions were yeah. going to yes. roll once they were up by yes. that much. I mean, I'm not blaming Dan Can- Campbell for those those fourth down calls. Dude, you got to make plays. A DB can't flip and have a, a chance to catch the ball and then knock it up so Ayuk can grab it. Can't do that. Can't drop balls, and then you can't fumble. You can do that in the regular season. You can't do that in the playoffs because I mean, they outplayed San Francisco. In fairness, it's not like he got his hand on the ball to flip it up. It hit off his face mask and jumped up. Yeah, but I mean, still. You I've never seen that. Ball. I've literally never seen that. Wait, so Chu, you don't have any issue with Dan Campbell going for it late like that instead of taking the points? When you needed the field goal and the touchdown late, well, actually, when it happened, you just wanted to keep your foot on the gas. It wasn't even a yeah. math game at that point. Um, but Dan Campbell, all season long, has been the go-for-it guy. Yeah. Has been the take chances, be aggressive, you know, trust in your offense to be able to get the get the first down. Yeah. But people were really crushing him yesterday. Like saying that, he, you know, that's a decision you make in the regular season, but when you're in the postseason, you think differently. That's a flawed thought to me. I think you got to stick with what got you there. A hundred percent. You got to be who you are. If they don't fumble, and I forget which receiver it was, Josh Reynolds, that big third third down, dude, you you got to make that play. Yeah, the first the first fourth down, Josh Reynolds dropped the ball. You got to catch that. Yes, you got to catch that ball. Like that's not on Dan Campbell. Like they they decided to go for it, dialed up a play that worked. Guy was open. You got to catch the ball. That's on, this, I'm with you, Jude. To me, that's on the player. This is bad for the Packers. That's not catastrophic, but it would have been nice if Detroit did go there, kind of get everything out of their system a little bit, even though I think they're going to be pretty good next year. Um, but the, the, it's going to be a dogfight for uh, this division next year. And Detroit's better than you think. I don't think we give them enough credit. It's either Detroit is better than we think or San Francisco is not as good as we think. Well, either way, those are two teams that are uh, the Packers have to worry about. Sure. Either mm-hmm. way, because the Niners have been their boogeyman now for too many years to count, and the Lions are in your division. So you're going to play yeah. them twice. That bothered me, of course, that the Packers have on their resume that win over the Lions on Thanksgiving. There was a part of me that was like, God, pff, you beat this team. And hell, you beat the Chiefs, too. Yeah. You know, so there was a part yeah. of me that was like, you know, Packers have shown the ability. But yesterday, to me, that was the difference. The NFC Championship game specifically, guys, was the difference between experience and youth. Yeah. And the not that the Lions are a young, young team, although you did see that list up there of the rookies that they've oh, got yeah. out there who are, have been doing big things this year. I know that was circulating on social media as well. But this, to me, was nothing was going to spook the Niners, no matter how big the lead was. I never felt like the Niners were going to roll up their tents and, well, played a crappy half of football, really let the Lions run all over us at home. Guess we should leave. Guess we should bow out. Guess it's just not our year. And the Lions, on the other hand, had never been there before. So to me, that was the that was exactly what it was. It was a team who has been there before and could lean on the experience and a team that had never been there before. And when the lights got bright and the pressure got high, they peed down their leg. Yeah. You could say Detroit needs one more weapon, too. 
in order to get them to that San Francisco level. Oh right? man, they got say, they got a lot of those. They got they got a Monra. Like if Jamison Williams continues to develop, they yeah, got the best young tight end in the game. They've got a two-headed monster in the backfield. Wait, like, was Amon Ra the guy who was waving to the Niners fans? No, that was CJ Gardner Johnson, <sighs> who has Sorry. repeatedly messed stuck up his my foot hyphenated name. <laughs> saw all the letters and figured, no, but, but, uh, somebody was waving to the Niners fans at, at the end of the second quarter. I believe it was after an interception, a little premature. Yeah, Steve, uh, Steve Carell gif. But I mean, they're they're set in the backfield. They they have a really good offensive line. Tight end is really yep. good. Yep. Um, I'm just saying one more one more weapon, and they're offensively will be. Yeah, I think you're on. I think you're underscoring good. what Jamison Williams is going to mean to that team. You think so? Like, very good. Did Did you see his touchdown yesterday? Yeah. Ah, about two catches for twenty five yards. Sure. Eh. Yeah. That's but eh. but again, like this is a guy who spent basically redshirted his first year. Yeah. Then had to sit out because he's an idiot and gambled on the NFL this year. And you know, giving him a full off season, full everything, and finally getting a full season of him yeah. is going to be huge for the line. Like he is like He's the more developed version for the Packers of Christian Watson. Like, that's the speed guy that they have and can probably do a few more things because he's Bama versus North Dakota State. All right, Chu, put on your crystal Put on your crystal ball. Look into your crystal ball. I was going to say put on your swami hat no, no, and put look on, into your crystal ball. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Put, put the crystal put the ball, crystal ball, ball on, your head on your head. Just do that, too. Exactly. Yeah. That'll probably work yeah. better for us anyway. Uh, which of those teams is going to be the bigger thorn in the Packers side going forward? The Niners, which again have history on their side, yeah. or the Lions, who are doing all the right things. Again, the other gift that was gift, the other meme that was going around was Dan Campbell with the three and thirteen and one record, then the nine and eight record, and then of course this season where he took the team to the NFC Championship game. That upward trajectory is pretty impressive. And Gabe, I know you're of the belief that you can't skip steps; mm-hmm. you don't go from zero to hero overnight, but. The Lions, obviously, the Packers play them twice. It feels like they are going to be, and this may be getting ahead of ourselves, but it feels like they are going to be their toughest competition in the division going forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm there 100% because of all weapons that Chewy just mentioned and how many of those guys are young, they've already, in, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Jared Goff this offseason because he's going to be heading into his final year of this contract. What do they do there? But they're already paying him a decent amount of money. Like, he counted 31-ish million against their cap this year. So they're already paying their quarterback a decent amount, and they're already able to afford all these weapons. Yeah, Yeah, maybe does he get a bit of a pay raise up to that, you know, $40 million number? Sure, but the cap is going up just about every year anyway. I I think that this is a team that, unlike the Niners, like, the Niners soon are going to have to blow it up. Like, they've got two years left to Purdy, and then they can't have every expensive weapon known to mankind. Like to me, the Lions are a little bit more set up for almost a three or four year window of success. Where the Niners, after this year, it's a very tight two years. To that point, though, about the Brock Purdy contract, I did see a tweet last night that said every Super Bowl since 2012, except one, has included at least one team built around a quarterback making rookie contract money. Every Super Bowl since 2012, guys, we're talking about a decade plus minus one has had a team that has built itself around a quarterback making rookie money. So that is that does appear to be the way to get yourself to that game. A way. 
Well, they have one every more. year, guys. Well, yeah, but I mean, the other side also has sure Patrick you know. Mahomes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but again, you, every time. Well, go okay, go buy a Patrick Mahomes. Go find a Patrick Mahomes. The guy's a unicorn. Yeah, you I know mean, what I mean. They don't they don't have him on the shelf. I, I think what what it's telling us is the best way to do it is surrounded around a rookie quarterback making very little money yes. and tons of weapons, or have one of the three best guys in the league. Ever. So, yeah. So you have in one the history more, of the game. <laughs> you have one more year with Purdy because he's in his second year. But if he wins the Super Bowl this year, do they have to pay him, or can they still wait one more year? No, they can still wait another year. So he'll be a thorn in the side for yeah. They will be for one more year. But then you think it's the Lions? So, <sighs> so looking again, going forward, looking in the crystal ball, which team do you think is going to give the Packers more headaches? And I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I think the Packers are going to be good. I'm not sitting mm-hmm. here saying that the Packers yeah. are all of a sudden going to yeah. you know, forget how to win football games and Jordan Love is going to have this horrible sophomore slump. I think the Packers are going to be good. But the problem is any road to the Super Bowl goes through either of these teams, it would appear, at least in the near future. So which one is going to be the thornier opponent? I would say, well, I mean, if San Fran wins it all this year, they're not going to be as hungry going into next year. That's just what happens. I've been in that situation. So if they don't, then they realize they have one more year. Detroit's just trying to get to a spot where they can create pressure with four guys. That That's, that's the key, I think, in this league. If you can create pressure with just four and Bosa, whichever one it is, <laughs> creates a lot of problems, man. His motor just doesn't stop. Yeah, but it's more than just the motor for him because he's also like a super talented guy. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. the, no, you know, so is. I think the combination of those two things is what kind of puts him over the top. He's like you... the strongest guy on the field and the most flexible around the edge. Yes. He does everything Are well. Are you taking him or Micah Parsons? I want Bosa. Bosa? I'm taking Bosa too. And Size. Hutchinson is trending in that direction. I mean, if they could pick up another that's really that, that's good. the thing. We have the question mark of Van Ness, right? He's that kind of high motor guy, but will how quickly will he develop? And then Rashad Gary, dude, you can't play every third game. Well, that's where I mean it has kind of come up whenever I've been watching other playoff games outside of Packer games. Having a new defensive coordinator is going to be nice, but they still need more playmakers defensively. They just don't have... Chewy talks about it all the time with A players. They're paying Rashawn to be an A player. He now needs to be an A player. player. You have to be. And outside of that, like they've got some nice players. They've got some nice pieces, some decent guys, but they don't have... like Bosa's a game wrecker, man. Yes. Aiden Hutchinson is a game wrecker. And Rashawn can be that sometimes... But I wonder how defensive coordinators talk about him when they're game planning going up against the Packers every week. You know, like, okay, yeah, we've got to make sure we know where he is, but at the same time, we might be able to take advantage of some of the stuff he does. Whereas even you can throw Micah Parsons into that conversation, Chew. Like, I, I guarantee that every offensive coordinator going up against the Cowboys is going, hey, we got to find 11 on every play. And even yesterday, the Niners were moving Bosa around from yeah. from from the left side to the right side of the defense and you know that the you know, the offensive coordinator for the Lions going, "Hey, we got to find Bosa every time." Are they talking about that? Are they talking the same way about Rashawn Gary? Which is crazy because when you talk about what the Packers are supposedly supposed to look for this year in the draft, nobody's talking about the front. Nobody's talking about defensive front. They're all talking about safety. They're talking about yeah. safety and you know offensive what? line, all those things. And maybe, guys, there is something to be said for get yourself a game wrecker. 
Go get a young game wrecker like an Aiden Hutchinson. Go get a young game wrecker like a Micah Parsons. Somebody who does tilt the field. The problem with that is most of those game wreckers defensively are in the top 15. Yeah, that's the thing that both the Niners and Detroit have the advantage of. They've been picking in the top 10, and those guys are much better hit rates. And then when it quickly turns, it's because they have those guys on cheap contracts who performed so well. And also, to talk about game wreckers, I watched Kyle Hamilton make three consecutive plays against Patrick Mahomes <laughs> from the safety position. Yeah, he did good. it. He sacked him. He made a play deep in the field. Like Those guys can change games, too. We've seen Nick Collins. We've seen Charles Woodson. If you find the right it guy. It has been a long time, though. You uh-huh. just mentioned Collins and Woodson. And I was watching film of uh, Savage. Just he's not good. Wait, what do you mean by I was watching film of Savage? This to me well, feels like watching, a lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you call film? No, I was watching <laughs> highlights of last week's game, and two of the plays are the, the touchdown against Kittle, where he comes up, stops his feet, and gets toasted. And then the run against McCaffrey comes up, stops, stops his feet, and got toasted. So that is a position where they need – because you now have Laporta, who's going to be a stud in your division. You have to find a way to defend him, and that guy can't. Well, not only do you have Laporta, but, I mean, the Vikings have Hutchinson. Like, yeah. tight end is a position of strength within the division. There's like 15 good tight ends right now. Yeah. Two years ago, there was five, <laughs> and now there's 15. They're so just all over the you place. You need to figure it out just across the NFL at this point. Uh, I will say I just pulled up a article from CBS Sports that lists – NFL all under 25 defensive team for 2023. Packers have one player on the list. Jair? Under 25. Yeah, I don't think he's under under 25 anymore. Rashawn? No. No. Quay? Quay Walker. Uh, Low on the list. I think he's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 20th on this list. But they do have him on the list of the top young players defensive players in the league this year. Look, maybe the Packers need to shift their focus to that because we will be shifting our focus to the draft as the next few weeks roll on and starting to figure out what direction we think the Packers need to go with those picks. But Gabe makes a very interesting point. Maybe the Packers just don't have enough talent on that side of the ball. If you're watching the games yesterday, man, defense came to play a few times. There were some big defensive plays in that game, particularly by the Ravens, who, by the way, are now out of it. I don't know. It just feels like they need to maybe focus their attention, as you're saying, on that defensive front a little bit more. we got to take a break here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Lots to get to this morning. I still want to know if Chewy feels like Dan Campbell made a mistake going for it late. They went for it a lot this season. I think I saw the number 34% of the time on fourth down they went for it. That was most of any team in the league. So in that moment, with the season on the line, do you deviate from who you are? Or do you go with what you've been doing, even if it doesn't work? We'll talk about that and more right after this on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. You are listening to Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. He hates the ending of all comedies. Apparently doesn't like happy endings. I love happy endings. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take it that far. Maybe that's a vote for Groundhog Day for you. On 94.5 ESPN. Close to tragedy, close to folks who have. Have you ever felt the pain so powerful, so heavy you collapse? Big weekend around these parts as Doc Rivers was introduced as the Bucks' new head coach. 
And he was introduced right before the big Marquette game this weekend. Marquette getting a victory, and it seems like they have turned things around. Still a lot of games to be played, but we like the way that things are trending for the Marquette Golden Eagles as well. You also probably... Heard lots of rumblings about the Packers' defensive coordinator job. Nothing official, of course, except for that they interviewed uh, Staley, right? That was the only thing. Uh, well, so there's four guys that they've requested permission on and have probably interviewed at this point. So you have Brandon Staley. Yep. Uh, Broncos defensive backs coach Christian Parker. Mm-hmm. Bills linebacker coach Bobby Babich. Mm-hmm. And Cowboys defensive line coach Aiden Durden. These are people that they have requested interviews on, and we know that they did interview Stanley, at least, right? That's the one that I thought I saw reports coming out that they had interviewed him. Um, but I saw a lot of love for Christian Parker, guys. And when I say a lot of love, it was like Broncos fans were would be frustrated or upset if they lost him. Uh, anybody who has talked to people in the league had nothing but good things to say about this guy. He's young. He's like 32 years old. So this infusion of youth perspective. Gabe, the thing that I told you this morning that really was the only red flag for me, the only one, was that the Broncos famously this season, and I know they went through a lot of ups and downs, and Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and all that stuff, but they lost to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I think the score was 70 to something. It sure. doesn't even matter. I think it gave was 20. Gave up 70 points. But they gave, the defense gave yeah. up 70 points up to 70 the Dolphins. Points. That was the only point where I was like, huh. <laughs> that, that makes me a little bit nervous, but your reaction was different to that. No, because, I mean, he's they, they didn't do that. The rest of the season, right? Like, they they changed some things around. They had some cultural things that they had to work their way through at the beginning of the season. And, I mean, I think he was credited, if you, you know, kind of look at the, the Broncos fans' chatter that's out there on social media, of kind of getting their defensive backs to play more aggressively. Huh. I've almost... It feels like I've heard that criticism before. I can't quite put my finger on it. A fan base wanting their defensive backfield to play more aggressively. Um, do you so want I, me to answer the question for you, or did you want to find it yourself? Um, uh, probably it's it's gone. Okay. I probably I probably won't be able to think it's of the it. Packers. Oh, Packers. <laughs> so I I think that's part of the reason why he would be somebody that is attractive to the Packers as you know somebody who was responsible for a defensive backfield that I mean played pretty well when they played the Packers not very long after they had given up those seventy points. And I'll tell you what, if we're gonna bring that up, I think we have to bring up. Brandon Staley's team quitting on him and giving up 63, right? Like, like to me, that was worse, Chew, when they gave up 63. Because I was watching that. It was a Thursday night game when they played the Raiders and gave up 63 points. Like, watching a team quit on their coach in real time is fascinating to see. And it's bad. All right. Well, out of the four teams left, what style of defense do you want to play? And I know personnel is different. Sure. Um, But Kansas City, I mean... Uh, Spagnolo does a nice job there. Yeah, I mean, he blitzes it's the ever loving crap out of everyone. Yeah, it's just not stale. Every team, uh, the final four teams in the playoff, were changing things up constantly, which is kind of what I would want here in Green Bay. And I'm just very apprehensive when I hear um, a potential D coordinator uh, candidate running the Fangio system. But what if it's a hybrid? Haven't if we it's said a that the hybrid? It's fine. Yeah, because yeah. I think that that's the direction we think that yeah. everybody needs to go. Like the league has seen all of these things for way yeah. too long. He, he's nothing being, surprises anybody unless you start blending schemes. He's being credited with both Fangio and Evero, who was the guy the Packers Jason talked about a lot, who's now yeah. in Carolina as their DC. So he's not quite just 
a Fangio system guy. I, I, here's, and maybe I'm going to, whoever they end up hiring, I'm going to be listening very intently and closely to their opening press conference because I don't want a guy that just, this is what we run. This is what we run. This is the way we run it. And this is what we, I, I don't want somebody who is just going to be so like convinced that their way is the only way to do it. The best coaches, like you just said, Chu, to me, the best coaches in the league change what they do. Yes, you think absolutely. Bill Belichick has run the same stuff defensively, no. defensively over the last 20 plus years yeah. in New England? No, he, he was able to get his defenses to play and highlight the best defenders that he happened to have. Sometimes it was defensive linemen, sometimes it's a linebacker, sometimes it's a DB. And being able to kind of be multiple and be flexible with whatever your scheme is, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not just, well, this is what we do. We play this cover three shell, and we play this cover two shell, and this is the way we do it, and this is why we do it this way. No, man, like, you gotta you gotta be able to highlight the talent that you have, which is clearly something that Joe Barry just either wouldn't or could not do. Well, that's why I'm out on Staley. I'm like, dude, your team already quit on you in L.A., we, we just got rid of a defensive coordinator whose team kind of quit on him as well. That's why I'm all the way out on him. I don't know these other guys, but, yeah, I'm with you, Gabe. Change it up. Uh, Christian Parker did spend some time in Green Bay. I believe he was a defensive quality control coach in 2019. So he's familiar with the lifestyle there, which I think you have to be, I don't think you put a ton of emphasis on, but I do think you want it to know that a guy can exist in the space that Green Bay is. It's different. Um, he's been around a little bit. I see Notre Dame on his resume and Texas A&M on his resume and Duke on his resume, et cetera, et cetera. Chu, what do you make of this whole youth shift? this youth movement at these positions. For a really long time, it was all of these old, grizzled, been yeah. around for a very long time, lengthy resume guys. And, you know, again, Vic Fangio just got the job in Philadelphia. So, again, I'm not saying that we're completely off of that. But when Joe Barry got the job, he had a resume that people could look at and say, this isn't that great, but I guess we'll give it a shot and see how it goes. You don't really have a huge resume for a guy like no. Christian Parker. Does that excite you or does it worry you? That uh, worries me. I mean, they go young because they're more relatable with today's players. But I really, do you guys really want a first time coordinator? I mean, he's got to be a really hell of a coach in order to do that. Sure, but like, I again, mean, if, if, if my choices are Christian Parker or Brandon Staley, like, it depends upon who yeah. the second time, you know, it depends who upon the who the other candidates that, are. It depends upon who that retread is, I guess, for lack of a better term. Because if it's Staley. I'd take my chances with Parker. Yeah, I don't want a Ron Rivera here. I mean, it's time to move on from that, but... So I don't know what the options are then, Chu. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't seem like... I mean, would a... And we haven't seen his name, and I know everybody clamors for him. Like, would a Jim Leonard make you feel better? Or is that just, in your mind, the same as a first-time defensive coordinator because college is so different than the NFL? It is different, and I think that's why we're not seeing too much Jimmy Leonard here is because he has... How long has it been since he's been a coordinator at Wisconsin? Two years? Well, I mean, he was still calling the defense... Two so, years? So, I mean, he was calling the defense at the end of last year, so he's basically taken this year off. Okay. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised they didn't bring him in uh, for a look-see. And maybe, maybe I, I they can do. Also see, I can also see LaFleur going, hey, I gave this guy a shot once, turned us down. Do I really want to get turned down again? 
Or maybe they did reach out to him and say, hey, are you interested? And he said, ah, I'm he not. He said no. Again, I don't know. I'm just throwing out the, all the possible scenarios there. Here's what I will say, too. When a name pops to the top, like Christian Dave, uh, Christian Parker, Christian Davis, what? Charles Davis? Where was I even going? I no Christian idea. Parker does. Who's Christian All Davis? of a sudden, people will start to talk, right? And you'll start to hear people who have worked with him and stuff like that. Every single comment out there about this dude is glowing. It's positive. Like, every once in a while, you'll even get somebody who will weave in, like, a, ah, he's not great at such and such, or he needs to get better at this, needs improvement in this area. You're not seeing that from this guy. Like, it seems like players like him, other coaches he's worked with like him, and I think that that is not something that we should sniff at, not something no. you should sneeze at. But like you said, we have no we have no history on him. We don't know how what he does on third and six in the fourth quarter uh, on the plus 40-yard line. Right? I mean, it's just he hasn't been in that position. There is a ton of pressure. I mean, just look at it's just how quick this league changes. Dorsey, who was the offensive coordinator for Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. A year ago, everyone thought he was one of the best. Right? And then you have, and then he goes into this past season and gets canned halfway through. This this league is so much flavor of the day. It's flavor of the day, and it turns like that. If you can be a hot coaching kid, look at look at look at uh, Andy Reid's O coordinator. His not uh, Eric the enemy. enemy. You hear his name at all anymore? Well, everybody was talking that he was a big reason why the Chiefs were struggling for I don't know the first half, three quarters of the season. Like, oh, they re- they must have really missed the enemy. And now, I mean, who knows where he ends up because he was on a staff that just got let go. Yeah. But I remember remember how hot a candidate he was. Mm-hmm. Now he's got to get that back because he's got to go somewhere and be a coordinator and do very well. Or you're never going to hear from him again. If they end up hiring one of these, I mean, and again, this list could grow throughout the course of the week, but Dirt A, Babbage, and Parker, three of the four that they've, they've been linked to, uh, would be first-time defensive coordinators. Would you want them then to hire like some sort of senior consultant or pass game coordinator, run game coordinator, whatever you want to call them, because each staff has, is just overbloated with assistance at this point. Like if somebody like a Ron Rivera or a somebody, you know, somebody yeah. that's been around the league still wants to be involved but not quite involved, you know what I'm saying? The way that, yes. you know, teams bring in, yeah. you know, a Mike Zimmer or I know Mike Pettin sure. got one of those jobs when he had left Green Bay. Would you want one of those people who have been a defensive coordinator to kind of be on the staff to help, Whoever it ends up being, kind of navigate. As as long as it's the coordinator going to him and asking a question and not that consultant going to the defensive coordinator and saying, I would do this in this situation. Well, and we've talked all the time about how important it is from a leadership position to know what you don't know. Yeah. And then surround yourself with people who can fill in those holes. We talked about that with the Bucks situation as well. Some of these young guys are going to need to do that just for from a just from a, a league standpoint, right? Although I did see that um, Sean Payton interviewed Parker for his defensive coordinator job, and then ended up going with Joseph instead. Um, but even Joseph, Vance Joseph, had glowing things to say about him. Huge benefit to the defense and stuff. It will be interesting. I will tell you this. Tom Silverstein has confirmed that he did interview, that Matt LaFleur is requesting interviews or has interviewed uh, both of those two people, Brandon Staley and Christian Parker. So we know those ones locked in. Those interviews either have taken place or are going to take place. The other ones are still kind of um, 
out there. I feel pretty good about those. I think like uh, Ah, Garofolo had one. You want want Staley? No, I was talking about the other two in terms of like they're going to happen. Like interviews are going to happen with Babich and Durde. Sure. When would you like this to be wrapped up by Chew? Any any timeline on you? You think that they need um, to have it done by Super Bowl or no rush? What's the word on Washington and Seattle? Uh, uh, my guess is they're going to be on that list as well once they name a head coach. I have not seen anything Washington-wise. Seattle was still doing yeah. some second rounds of interviews. Yeah. Washington looks like they're waiting on Ben Johnson from the Lions. Okay. And then uh, is Quinn going to get the job in Seattle? Because Quinn wouldn't. Uh, Quinn's. It's looking that way. Yeah, it kind of seems like that's well, a Dan Quinn's Quinn job. probably going to take someone that came from his system, so we don't really have to worry about that, Yeah, I wouldn't think. So Does that mean Al Harris is going up there? Probably. Ah, good chance. Or he stays in Dallas as their DC. What would you do? I would probably follow Quinn. (laughs) 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 He may be there a little longer. Gesturing wildly. Get the bleep out. Leave now. Here's your opportunity. All right, we got to take a break on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Lots still to get to this morning. I still want to know Chewy's opinion on the situation that the Lions found themselves in. We'll talk about that as the show rolls on. It's Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. The other side of the world, and I'll uh, let you know if I want to come back and coach your little game. He's Jay Peterman. Ian Rappaport <laughs> tweeting yesterday, and I thought this was interesting. The Broncos, Burma? the last two weeks. <laughs> you guys done? I got more. <laughs> On 94.5 ESPN. <laughs> there were an awful lot of people rooting for the Detroit Lions yesterday. Wanted them to knock off the Niners. I'll admit I was one of them. I wanted the Lions to win. And in the first half of the game, I thought, whoo-hoo, hell of a script. This is working out very, very well for Dan Campbell and company. Until it didn't. And it wasn't just the play calling late, and it wasn't just his decision to go for it late, but that has certainly become a topic of conversation. So, Chu, you obviously know how all this went down. Fourth down, late in the game. The, the Niners' momentum is growing, right? Like, it is yeah. clear that they are coming. And Dan Campbell decides to do what he has done all season long. I think I told you the statistic was 34% of the time when facing a fourth down situation, they decide to go for it. So that has been Dan Campbell. That has been the Detroit Lions. That has been the persona and the personality that they have been leaning on to get where they had, where they got. you telling me you deviate from that in these moments? All of a sudden you go... Wait, correct me if I'm wrong. The Super Bowl is on the line here, right, guys? Well, let's not do what we've been doing then. Let's do something else. Because that's a really flawed thought process to me. But that's what I'm seeing all over social media, too, is people telling me that in that moment, Campbell should not have risked it. He should have taken the points. You know what? I had a bigger problem in the other game with Andy Reid going for it on fourth down when they were inside of the 10. Because the rule of thumb has always been, okay, on the road, you, you take the points at home. You may consider going for it. And I think that would have put them up by 10. Yeah, it would have been double game, digits. And yeah. they were dominating. And they didn't get the fourth. Correct? Correct. Gabe? Correct. I thought that was a bigger misstep early in the game. I'm like, dude, to go up by 10 this early, I probably would have kicked the three. I had more of a problem with that than um, – what Dan Campbell did. Look, Detroit lost the game 
because their players did not make plays. They didn't make plays. And you can say, you know, the DB, the ball hitting them off the face mask, whatever, you know, luck play. Dude, that's still, you got to make the play. <laughs> you got to make the play. Fumble. The fumble killed Detroit, you know, um, at midfield. Just gave them a short field. So I, I'm not pinning this. On Campbell, you can give him a little bit of blame, but I, I, I in big games like that, players got to make plays, and they clearly didn't well, make enough to win. Because if you look at the at the uh, box score or the team stats, Detroit outplayed them. I mean, oh yeah, Grant gave up four hundred and fifty yards of offense. The the other thing about that shoe, like their kicker from forty and beyond is under eighty percent. I don't yeah. think they trusted their kicker. I think that's something that Packer fans can relate to. Yeah, he's an Anders. Yeah. Like, yes. hey, they, you, you don't trust your kicker in those situations. You're thinking, oh, we can get the two yards or the three yards that it was the second time. But, but, so I don't think it was a gimme because everybody's pretending like these kicks yeah. would have been gimmies. Oh, take the point. We're not talking about a 30-yard field goal here. We were talking about, you know, 44 to 48-yard field goals. Um, yeah, and Detroit, just going into next year's season – would come out of this thing with a different mindset if they were going to the Super Bowl. Now, winning it is a whole nother beast because when you win that first Super Bowl going for the second one, your your, your mindset changes to like, I don't know. We're kind of a big deal. I don't know if you watched in February last year. That's how we were in 97. Well, but also can't it also – motivate you from a hunger standpoint i see these clips all the time of guys who get to the doorstep and then they lose in the game and they're standing there on the field afterward watching the other team celebrate you know why i see those because they trot them back out there when that guy finally gets to where he wanted to be the year before Mm -hmm. or the year before that or whatever it was right so there's a part of me that wonders if this experience that the lions went through this year doesn't make them worse as far as a packers opponent goes because they've agree. got that carrot that's dangling in front of them. They've had the taste yeah. of the success. Now they want the whole dang meal. I guarantee Dan Campbell in that locker room, whether they had cameras or not, he probably at some point said, we are not losing this game next year. Uh, he, Remember this. We are not losing this game this year. And then that's how we approach your offseason. He actually said, which I thought was something you would love, was like, we're we're not likely to be back here. Like, getting here is a challenge, so for us to pretend like we can just do it again next year, we got we got to approach it like it's not it's not a foregone conclusion. Yeah, and he's right, because all of the teams in the North are going to get better. Like, whether you like the Bears or not, there's just no way with the new people yeah. that they've put in place and all of the uh, talent that they're able to add, yeah. that they're not going to be better this oh, year. There's a than- way. I mean, they've been doing it for 30 years, Jen. Like, I mean, how many times? Against all odds. Against all odds. They found ways to not get better. I tell you what, the Packers' first film, they're popping on because that's what you do. You break down your division, and then you go to your NFC opponents and, and the teams that are, you know, going to be in the top of the power rankings next year. The first film they're putting on is Detroit because they're sitting here going, we got to play them next year. We're going to play them three times. We're going to play him three times, and we have to win two. No. Really, you only need to win one. It just well, needs to be the important one. one you, but... you need to win number three. Let's hear from Dan Campbell after the game last night. It's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But 
I don't regret those decisions. And that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't. We didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out. But I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Yeah, he gets it. He gets it. That's why I, I, man, again, I, I have just pulled such a 180 on Dan Campbell since he was hired to now. And just simple things like that little clip of, hey, go ahead, criticize me. I don't regret it. I understand yeah. I'm going to catch heat for it. But, you know, instead of being, you know, bringing up another name we've talked about this morning, Brandon Staley, hey, I'm going to keep calling the play. Stop asking me about it. Right? Like, no. Defensive. Yeah. Where, where Campbell's like, yeah, you, go ahead, criticize me. If you want, I don't regret those decisions. I know the heat's coming. I can take the heat. Is that just because he's been a player? He was a player, high-level player, you know, and there are going to be times in a game where you mess up. And you got to be able to stand yeah. at your locker and take the criticism and take the questions. And yeah. once you've experienced that, then it kind of translates over to when you're the guy in charge making those calls, right? Yeah, I think so. I also think it takes a lot of heat off of Jameer Gibbs, who had a critical fumble, Josh Reynolds, who had a critical drop, his defensive back who let the ball go off his face mask. Take all the attention away and put it on him, which is what Matt LaFleur tries to do a lot of times and often falls on deaf ears because he just takes the blame for everything. But everyone's talking about Dan Campbell and not Jameer Gibbs, who was great for the game, turning the ball over and giving the Niners a chance. Yeah, and he wants that probably on his shoulders. He's probably mm-hmm. like, okay, put it on me. Don't put it on the players, even though I think it's on the players. Sure, but that's kind of a product of circumstance, not so sure. much like, oh, God, yeah. they are showing MVS uh-huh. catching that ball late in the game to seal the victory for the Chiefs. And I thought I, there was no way he was catching it. Nope. Uh, <laughs> ball in the air, I thought. And then he starts like going down into his back. back. back yes. Like there's just no way. Like there's zero chance. He did it the MVS way. <laughs> exactly. I was like, Chase I, said the same thing. He goes, well, to be fair, Mom, it was 50-50. 50-50 he was going to catch it. Man, Chase was being generous. Wait, hold on. Did we call? Did I call him the avocado? Was MVS my avocado? Look, I don't know what that means. You have either. so many bad nicknames. Yeah. It is hard well, you to know, keep up. When you go to the shelf and you grab an avocado, there's yeah. a 50 50 chance it's good or bad. Like, you ever grab an avocado and think, like, oh, this is going to be a good one? Cut it open and it's brown and smushy, and you're like, nope. The avocados avocado- are trash, number one. Yeah, you don't Why like, do you guys you love don't like the consistency. No, the taste, there's nothing. The only thing it has going for it, I guess, is it's kind of healthy. That's yeah, it. The good fat. You don't like guacamole? We've talked about this nah, before. It looks like baby something. Mm, it smells like know. baby something upstairs. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> Between the smoke rolling through the ventilation system last week and whatever they got growing up there in the cafeteria, <laughs> it's so bad. a tough week for my nose. Someone didn't slip a, a Dixie cup in the plant somewhere? I, so, Chewy, the crazy part is, so it, like, when we walk into our office, like, we are our... Studios are downstairs. Like, mm-hmm. we're floor level with the, the Third Street Market Hall. And our office office is upstairs with all the desks, and there's a kitchen and a place to, like, sit down, eat lunch, whole nine yards. I walked in this morning. I left here at 4 o'clock yesterday, Chew. Yeah. Didn't smell. Smelled like an office smells. Normal. Yeah. I walk in this morning. Like, I thought there was something wrong with me. It smelled <laughs> so bad. Really? I thought, like, I'm like, well, is that me? So then I walked over by Joshy just to, like, see if it smelled over there. Didn't. he? I asked him if he had smelled anything. He had not, but he also not walked through our cafeteria area. And I, it's just, Telly Hughes well, over at the Truth walked through. Yeah. And he's like, when did our office become a baby diaper factory? Well, that's what I wanted to ask you, too. What are you talking about with the Dixie cup and the plant? What is that? Did somebody leave a stinky thing in the plants is what you're... 
Yeah, that's what we used to do if we had a guy we didn't like. You know, with the uh, the 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 ceiling where you can push up the tiles, drop ceilings. Yeah, we've we've got drop one of those ceiling. here. <laughs> and yeah, what would you the, do? Put a little dongle in a Dixie cup and stick it up there and let him try to figure it out. I think I'm going to regret this follow up, but yep. here we are. <laughs> You're going to ask him what dongle is? <laughs> no. Oh, I was going to say because I could tell you. <laughs> How were you getting the dongle in the Dixie cup? Squatting. Uh, rubber gloves. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just going to be a squat. I knew that. Yeah, that's why we had I asked really to the rubber gloves from the training room. Yes. Now, it's either one of two things. Someone did that or someone overwatered the plants and they're starting to rot. But I will tell you this. You, Jen, do you have a... I forgot. Uh, have, He's like a horticulture. So I am. Right? I am. I'm I'm tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because you ever see the corn cob plants that people have in their house? It looks like a, a, a corn, you know, a corn stock. Yeah, know what you're talking about. Well, ours flowered, which rarely happens. And it flowered because Angie is unbelievable. She's a herbiculturist or whatever. Herbiculturist, yep. Um, <laughs> it flowered. <laughs> and it smelled. Hold on. Herbiculture. It stunk the whole house of like a bad smelling Easter lily. Oh, I can't stand Easter lilies. So we had to get rid of it. So you got to check for if it's flowering, check if it's overwatered, or you know. The I don't know what How a about corn you do that? cob plant is. I'm Googling it right now. What is a corn cob it's plant? A, it's not. It's a corn stock plant. Corn it's very s- rare for them to flower. Uh, so are you just saying a classic corn? Like, I think it's an offshoot of something. No, Google it. You'll see. Okay. It's the kind that you can buy the fake ones at Ikea. I don't want you know? yeah. <laughs> to really pass too fast the fact that the two options Chewy gave us was somebody left a Dixie co- cup of poop <laughs> or too much watering. That's the only two things that could possibly be smelling up this office. I just assume that somebody threw their trash out in the garbage. That's what I did, too. Oh, hold on. Like, hold on. Did they clean on. out the refrigerators hold- by chance yesterday? Friday. On Friday. But, oh, but, but it didn't smell yesterday. That's but a lot maybe because it hasn't time. been sitting. Yeah. Let, let me take this one layer deeper. Now, I believe those plants are called mother-in-law tongues. And I don't know why they call them mother-in-law tongues. What's a mother-in-law's tongue? Is it sharp? <laughs> is it smelly? I don't I don't know. You, Jen, you know you're the herbiculturist. I just looked it up. Yeah. It's a snake plant is commonly what they are more referred to. I, I honestly think it's the plants upstairs, guys. Like you walk by the plants, and it just it's it's pungent. It's and should it's we pe- read into anything that it's called either the mother-in-law tongue or the snake plant? Are it's we pe- trying to make a parallel? Is that what they were doing there? The parallel Probably. they're the making mother-in-law and the yeah. snake. The pl- the parallel they're making is it typically has sharp-looking leaves, and a mother-in-law is known to have a sharp tongue, a sharp cutting tongue. Okay. I don't know. I'm Is that what you were I'm hoping there. for there, big guy? <laughs> no, I wanted to the flower, some kind of flower that stinks that no one would think of to go in that direction. <sighs> I'm, I'm like, Are I you like, sure it's the plants, Gabe? Do you take a big whiff over there? I mean, it's just that's where it stinks is like right there when you're walking down the stairs right next to those plants. Because I, I tell you what, this had, to me, it smells like it's got Benny written all over it. So you think you just rolled in yesterday and pranked the office? Benny Benny was a little busy this weekend. We'll just <gasps> put it that. What happened? We're not talking. 
We'll yep. just he. I, I know it up. wasn't. I'll say it wasn't him. I'll defend him this one time. Well, I'm gonna have to send a text to Ben. Okay. All right, we got to take a break on Jenga, but you are we holding on? Huh? I thought you said hold on. I said on. move on. Move on. <laughs> Speaking of this weekend, I had my birthday party at Potawatomi Casino and Hotel. It was fantastic. The folks over at Potawatomi pulling out all the stops gave us our own private room for the dinner, gave us a couple of seafood towers. We had a fantastic time. And then after a wonderful meal at Dream Dance Guys, we took our talents down to the floor and had some fun at the machines. 3,000 slot machines to be exact. They also have the thrill of bingo and full service sports betting and so much more. You'll be pleased to know I did not put any money on any teams this weekend. Didn't want to affect any outcomes and whatnot. You can light up your senses at Potawatomi Casino Hotel. Potawatomi Casino Hotel. Explore more at their website, paysbig.com, paysbig.com. It's Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. A freaking catapult attached to his right hip. Like... Um, I, I just made that up. A catapult. That was good. I kind of liked I it. I was, hey, I was rolling with it, Rob. Like a slingshot? I'm calling old catapult leg from here on out. <laughs> on 94.5 ESPN. Your next hangout spot is found right in Waukesha. The Q Club of Wisconsin is the perfect place to catch a game, play some games, and grab a drink. Bocce court start dart boards, foosball tables, and of course, pool tables. Ten of them. Plus, the Q Club of Wisconsin has its best fish fries on Wednesdays and Fridays, and you know they just pile it hot. Check out the live music on Saturday and stop in for brunch every weekend starting at 9 a.m. It's all happening at the Q Club of Wisconsin on North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Visit QClubWI.com or like them on Facebook. feeling Chewy won't even be watching the Super Bowl the way that it all shook out. Fair uh, or unfair? No, fair. I want it to end in a tie. You're going to watch the Super Bowl. You expect me to believe I'm that so football s- brain isn't going to tune in and watch the Super Bowl? I don't I'm know. I'm sick of Kansas City. And... Very. He's very yeah, over but then, Kansas like, City. The yeah. Wednesday after the Super Bowl, oh, I miss football. Oh, you can watch oh, the clips, like he said. You can watch some film. You're going to go all yeah. football Eeyore on us. USFL. Yeah. The, the UFL? Is that what it is? That's what they named it with because they merged with the rock thing, so there's only one spring football. After how bad Chewy's predictions have been, I think we need a one-month ban on Chewy was right. He's <gasps> a had, full ban? Yeah. He could be the rightest he's ever been and you wouldn't play it? Yeah, it's been a tough go for our guy. Also, you can't convince me that you're like... Watching the NFL, calling that product bad football, and then, and then you're, you're going to tune into the UFL. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you got up. Uh, hey, don't make you got a drop ceiling in your house. NFL? <laughs> <laughs> that would require him telling us that he has a house. Which yeah. gave famously, famously, I live on, I live on the streets too. Tight lipped. All right, we'll take a break here on Jen Gabe and Chewy roll on second hour right after this.